0: The Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host Ed Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsall. How you doing? Hello, Adam. How
1: are you? I'm good. Do you know what today is? That, well, today is not only October 14th. It is October 14th. Yes, it is. Mercury is in retrograde. We've made it. We've made it. What a time. What a time. Yeah, it's it. Well, as you could tell, with the started. change in the intro music for today's episode, we are fully embracing Mercury being in retrograde. We are in full swing. I feel energized. I feel pumped up. I actually went in the shower this morning. I washed myself down. I gave myself the shampoo lathering. felt delightful. I made my bed this morning. I I, I took the liberty to look wonderful today. And now here I am. Ready to go. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Let's go. Best episode yet. Here we go.
0: Well, I mean, at least one of us is excited because one of us didn't have their franchise running back getting cut last That's week. That's a result of Mercury yes being that. in retrograde. Mercury yeah. did that. Well, fuck Mercury. For that. Rude. For that. Rude. For that. For that. Adam, apologize right now. I refuse. I'm waiting. Mercury is not going to bring Le'Veon Bell back.
1: I'm waiting. Mm, Sorry, Mercury. Thank you. Mercury did you a favor. Because it'll truly expose how terrible the New York Jets are going to be. And you'll be able to get Trevor Lawrence. It won't mean anything unless we fire Adam Gase. How awesome is it for Trevor Lawrence to know that he's coming to New York. He's coming to New York. It's just a matter of which New York team is going to get him.
0: Honestly, Dave Gettleman would probably pick like, I don't even know, like a a defensive lineman if he gets the first (laughs) overall pick. (laughs) Honestly, he probably would. He like probably
1: would. He's like, yeah. Trying to play four-dimensional chess. And we're playing one-dimensional checkers.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: How dare us try and cross Dave Kettleman. But yes, Mercury is in retrograde today. And it is uh, it is a wonderful time to be alive. I I, I could not be happier with today's events. Um, Adam, the bachelorette was also last night. Phenomenal program. It was so you said you didn't like uh The Bachelor because it was a sausage fest. It is a sausage fest absolutely, but I'm always one for drama. That's fair. I can see if, that. I think if I had a, if I had a nickname to give myself it would be Eddie Drama. I'd love it. I'd live for it. So so I'll give you a little snippet right now. Okay, ready? You wouldn't be alone in the in that sense that you live for drama. Oh, oh, I do. I do. I I I might be a little waspy inside. It's okay. Anywho, well, technically, well, technically, you kind of are. Are you? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anywho, so what happened last night is there was there was two gentlemen, Tyler C, and Yosef. Tyler C came in knowing that Yosef was trying to, quote, slide into the DMs of a female counterpart of Tyler C that he knew about. So Tyler C went up and confronted Yosef about this newfound information. Eventually, Claire, who is the bachelorette, and in case anybody had forgotten, she is the oldest bachelorette, because that only wasn't hammered in about 500 million times last well, time. How old is she? 39. That's not that bad. Well, she's the oldest bachelorette. Yeah. She's it's not the oldest that big one. of a deal. It
0: shouldn't be that big of a
1: deal. Well, they only hammered in that point about, five, like I said, 5.7 million times. Well,
0: it's like everybody's saying that Tom Brady was picked uh, with the 199th pick of the draft. Jimmy Graham used
1: to play basketball, and so did Antonio Gates. <laughs> and Mo'Ally Cox. And Moali Cox, yeah. Moali Cox played in the NCAA tournament for VCU. Yeah. Fun fact, and so basically, Claire got involved in this little uh, this little uh, sausage fest. And at the end of the night, and, and I'll give everyone two seconds in case they want to skip ahead 10 seconds if they don't want to hear the spoiler. Okay, you got your opportunity. At the end of it, it came down to the final rose, and Tyler C and Yosef did not get a rose yet. So mm-hmm. it came out that one of them was getting the rose and the other one was going home. Yosef got the rose. So wow. the moral of the story here, ladies and gentlemen, snitches get stitches. Yeah, you know, it's kind of
0: interesting. It's nice that they have a little off-island drama. It is on an island, isn't it? No,
1: no, no, no. That's, that's, that's uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh. That's on an island. No, no, no. Right? This, this season of The Bachelor, because, well, The Bachelorette, Bachelorette, excuse me, is not in the actual bachelor mansion like they normally do because of COVID. COVID. Yeah. So they're doing it at La Quinta Tennis and Country Club. Oh. I I didn't even know La Quinta had a country club sort of vibe. Yeah. That was like a, you know, just like a chain of hotels. It it is. Like a Motel 6. Uh, It is, but apparently everything is bigger and greater in LA. So, yeah.
0: Or they just got—they just took a random country club and like put a bunch of Lakinta branding on it.
1: <laughs> Adam, very cynical of you. It's what I am. I'm a Jets I, fan. I haven't noticed. So yes, that is by. We well, like, uh, you know each other for like for for like five years. Oh, believe me, I I know you better than you know yourself. So yes, that was my uh, that was my Bachelor uh, TED Talk. Please do come back next week for uh, for more Bachelor insight. Leave it to the vanilla basement talk podcast because I know you guys love The Bachelor over there. No, 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 no. They love The Bachelor. They love The Bachelor. I love everything. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor's in Paradise, Bachelor in Paradise, Listen to Your Heart. All beautiful, beautiful shows. All right. All we need now is a is a Bachelor Seniors edition. That would be stunning. Just old people throwing their uh throwing their their cells around trying to get some uh, Mac daddy. Oh my Lord. That would be, that would be stunning. That would be something. Well, it would be shocking. <laughs> oh, it would be shocking. Some would even say, some would even say vile.
0: Shocking. But in the, uh, in the way that the British people say the word shocking,
1: not the way that we use the word shocking. <laughs> uh, do you need, do you need the character to come back out? <laughs> no. Oh, mate, that was absolutely shocking. Carragher would be on the show. (laughs) Oh, mate, that was absolutely shocking. That performance from Liverpool, what was that? What was that? Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely shocking. Those players out there, they don't even deserve to be on the pitch.
0: Zach Leash would never never stand for this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This football club, players like Robbie Fowler, like Stephen Gerrard, can't tell a leash. and oh, now Robbie, you have this shite. Robbie Fowler, Man City legend. <laughs> you beat, you beat Frank Lampard, Man City legend. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you know it's still one of the funniest goals the guy was ever scored. Frank Lampard yeah. scoring for Man City against Chelsea, and all you see is not even Frank Lampard <laughs> <laughs> celebrating; it's just the Chelsea fans. that don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, yeah,
0: oh. <laughs> Fred, daddy why is frank lampard wearing a lighter shade of blue <laughs> ah. i love these waivers so much fun so much fun the news and notes i i feel really really sad because news and notes is going to bring this whole this whole tone down because uh, what are you talking about a
1: <laughs> grand old time well, it's well for me anyway. Just <laughs> Adam, what did I tell you? Mercury is it retrograde? Is this gonna be our best show yet?
0: Yep, you're right though. You're right though. This show is gonna be amazing. Oh God! It's always the shows where we see time is free time, spare time is probably like the worst thing you can give us on a for a show because then we could just go nuts. Yes, correct. Because when we're doing the previews and the reviews, and we have like shit to do then it's business it, it's all business it's business but when you're just like well you know whatever talk about the waivers talk about position groups free form you get you get stuff like this and i think honestly it's not a, it sounds like i'm saying something negative but really it makes the show all the better for it
1: allowing me to bring out the jamie Carragher. Mm-hmm. it's it's really beautiful i i i love it
0: yep so let's get into the news and notes here. And, oh boy. So I was telling Bird about this. So Le'Veon Bell was cut by the Jets. In a really? Movie. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, no. It was what only all over Twitter last night. Yeah,
1: no. Every one of their mother was talking about it. I think, I think more people talk about Le'Veon Bell getting cut by the Jets than they were about the actual game that took place. And we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. So Le'Veon Bell got cut by the Jets. And I mean, I wanted to be surprised, but I'm not surprised because with the contract that our idiot general manager, not the, our current idiot general manager, our previous idiot general manager, uh, Mike McCagden signed Le'Veon Bell to in free agency, the contract was like untradeable. Alleged, I mean, apparently. No, it it, it is. Yeah. I mean. That's what that's the only takeaway you can get from this is that Le'Veon Bell's contract was untradeable because Jets were trying to trade, were trying to trade him somewhere. So, and they couldn't find a taker. So they just cut him. Because, I mean, I think uh, oh, who said it best? I think Chris Johnson, CJ2K, another former Jets running back, uh, said this on Twitter that why would teams trade for Le'Veon Bell when they know the Jets are going to, are just going to cut him and they're going to get him for free for just money. And uh, and they won't have to give up like a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah, hey, Adam. Yeah,
1: can I ask you a question?
0: I don't really want you to, but I know you're going to anyway. Because I'm, gonna I'm ask afraid you of what the
1: question is. I'm afraid now, about what the question is. Asking you if I could ask you a question was a rhetorical. I was going to ask you the question regardless. Yeah. What is it with the New York Jets going after guys that are washed up and past their prime? LaDainian you know, Tomlinson, CJ2K, listen, Le'Veon Bell.
0: I will – I will, LaDainian Tomlinson was actually a good signing because the Jets were a win-now team. The Jets had just been to the AFC Championship game that year, and they had Sean Green, and Thomas Jones wasn't coming back. And LaDainian Tomlinson did really well in uh, in 2010. Can we say did really well? Yeah. He was at, well, not I mean not from like a fantasy perspective, but he was in he was able to help mentor
1: uh Sean Green and they were able to have to form like a nice committee. I don't think he was a thousand yard rusher, was he, in 2010? I don't think he was. No. Well, I think, I think because he, they I think he was just under a thousand yards, but I don't know I don't know how many touchdowns he had, maybe like five or six. I think they split it pretty
0: pretty evenly
1: between him and
0: Sean Green. Okay. So um, yeah, but I, my Johnson, statement still stands. Chris Johnson wasn't wasn't a great signing. We really? don't talk about the 2014 season, really. Um, and Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Really, I, I just don't get it.
1: The best running back the Jets have had since Curtis Martin was Chris Ivory. <laughs> is that yeah. is that an unfair statement? I mean, statistically, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Ivory had his career year with the Jets. He did. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, that 2015 season.
0: He there was that was a career year for Chris
1: Ivory. Yeah. And it's it's really crazy that we're still talking about, you know, the Jets haven't found a go to number one back since Curtis Martin was there. Yeah. That's nuts to me.
0: Well, clearly, you're not a Jets fan. I mean, obviously, you're
1: not because it's no, not because I'm here. a Dallas Cowboys fan and we have a proud history, a rich history of coming up with running backs that produce at the highest level. Tony backs, Dorsett, yes, Emmett Smith, DeMarco Murray, Herschel Walker, Ezekiel Elliott, Herschel Walker, we traded for a dynasty. Well, it still counts. He was a good running back. It yeah, for... still counts. It still counts. Sure, I'll give you that. If you want to talk about Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden balled out in Dallas. You want to talk about Felix Jones. You want to talk about Joseph Randall before he stole those undies. You want to talk about Wait, what? Marion Barber. <laughs> okay. Now that we're back guy, to... Marion Barber. We're back to Earth. Or maybe if you want to call him a running back, some people some people call him a running back. I don't, I call him a fullback because he is one of the greatest fullbacks in the history of the NFL. Darryl Moose Johnson. That's my guy. Yeah. Isn't it funny how they have a lot of cowboys in media today? Isn't it very funny? I I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't say it's funny. It's Mike just Lervin, Troy Aikman, Daryl Johnson.
0: Well certain cowboys. Tony yeah, Romo. from from that time. Well, they have Tony. Yeah, they do have Tony.
1: Love but Tony. They don't really have anybody else from like the modern Cowboys. From the modern Cowboys, it's just they just have Tony. Yeah, but they will. They will have. Well, no, not not necessarily. If Jason Witten doesn't go back into any form of media, which I really hope he doesn't. He probably won't. Thank goodness. He'll probably just be like a pun like a pundit. No, we don't want him to be a pundit. We don't want him to do anything. Jason Witten just needs to continue playing football for as long as he wants and then go home and stay home i guess i don't know honestly he was awful he was terrible he he was he,
0: he was terrible yeah no it, it it just wasn't i mean there's a reason why espn like we're we're gutting uh monday night football and replacing it with
1: a whole new broadcast team I, I honestly before before we move on and talk about landing spots potentially for Le'Veon Bell because this is the waiver show, we can go into 500 million directions, but this I don't really care. What's your honest opinion of this money, this Monday night crew, honest opinion. You know, it's funny. I haven't really listened to listen
0: a lot to them or watched a lot of, uh, of them because when I've been doing Monday night games for work, I'm only caring about the Westwood one calls and, uh, and the local stuff. Also. Oh my God. On the Monday night game, Kevin Harlan
1: was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Kevin Harlan is a national treasure and needs to be protected at all costs.
0: I know. His vocal cords, when he dies, his vocal cords need to be like bronzed and put into into the hall of fame.
1: I have no issue with that statement. Yeah. He is a national treasure. Did do you do you remember when Kevin Harlan was calling the Chiefs game and he did the double call yes. with the Dolphins and the um and the I'm, Patriots. Calling <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling
0: both games.
1: I'm calling both games. Brilliant, brilliant. Kevin and, and Kevin Harlan too for uh, NBA and for college basketball is brilliant too. Yep, I know there are a lot of people that don't necessarily like Kevin Harlan, which I do not understand. My favorite those people need to check themselves and check themselves immediately.
0: My favorite part about working at either FAN or CBS Sports Radio when there's a Kevin Harlan game on on the airwaves is that I can hear whenever there's a big play happening, I can check the scoreboard. Because even when I'm wearing headphones, I just hear Kevin Harlan yelling. I was like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) I could be like on my phone. I just hear Kevin Harlan screaming in the distance like, what, wait, what? Who scored?
1: (laughs) National treasure. Yeah. Bubble wrap him. Protect him at all costs. We need Kevin Harlan.
0: I guess I just successfully dodged this question. So I don't really, I think it it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, really just kind of emphasize the fact that Monday night football is just, is like the third tier primetime game for, for the
1: NFL. I think it, I, th- I think they're all right. I think they're all right. I won't say that they're great. Cause I mean, you have to remember too, this is the B team for uh, college football for ESPN. Yeah. 'Cause you had the A team was uh Chris Fowler and Herb Street. And the, the B team that did the the prime time, you know, ESPN twelve o'clock game was Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. Yeah. So I I think they're all right. I think they're all right. I mean, hey, anything is better than uh Booker McFarlane and Joe Tessator. That's a hundred percent confirmed.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, this would never happen. But I, I would love if they had gotten like Bob all to do it. If he if he wasn't doing a uh, if the Jets weren't playing on Monday Night Football, then they would get then they would get him in because if the Jets are playing,
1: obviously he'd be doing the radio call, for ESPN New York. No, we don't, don't. need we don't need any Jets infiltration on Monday Night Football. No, thank well, Bob you. Bob Wischusen is amazing. We do not need any Jets infiltration on Monday Night Football. My statement will Whatever. forever stand on that.
0: By the way, before we go into let Bell landing spot, spots, I'm going to say something for the record, and I'm going okay. to make a make a wager on myself. All right. If Adam Gaze does not get fired before or before week one of 2021, I will now be known as noted New York Giants fan Adam Gaster. <gasps> Gasp. Yes. Because it, it at that point. I will know for certain, even more so now, that Woody and Christopher Johnson could give two shits about this football team, and that they should sell the team, and that if they can't if they can't care about the football
1: team, then why should I? I have no objections to any statement that you just made. The only thing I would say is that you would be a turncoat, and I'm not a big fan of turncoats, but... I can't object to any of the points that you made.
0: It does. It takes a lot. It takes a lot, a whole lot.
1: We have breaking news. Adam, Adam Caster is at his breaking point. Takes a lot. And stay I tuned mean, for more at the 11 o'clock news. Back to you, Jim. I mean, the only reason
0: I'm making this statement is because I'm hopeful that and I'm pretty confident that the Jets will fire Adam Gaze after the season and that I will not end up becoming a Giants fan.
1: Like I said, it would be a very cold day in hell, Adam, if the Jets do not fire Adam Gaze. I don't know what he would have on the Johnsons. I don't know what he would have on Joe Douglas if he somehow manages to keep his job beyond this year. It would be... (laughs) I love this football team with every fiber of my being.
0: Well, it would be enough to make to turn people into Giants fans. That's what that's enough. See, that's what
1: it would be. The Cowboys fan in me just really has no license to, to speak about anything. But then again, the Cowboys at least have a organizational structure. They have something in place. The Jets just have nothing. They have nothing. The crazy thing is this team was so cl- was actually
0: pretty close. We were halfway through we were already halfway through a rebuild in 2019. If we just hired the right coach.
1: Oh, the Jets are the gift that keeps on giving.
0: And we had they Sam really Arnold, are. we had Le'Veon Bell, Jameson Crowder, CJ Mosley, Jamal Adams.
1: Hey Adams, the only thing I can give you I can give you though is that you want a Super Bowl you won a Super Bowl before the Cowboys. Yeah. That Super Bowl win in Foxborough, remember that?
0: Well, we did win a Super Bowl before the Cowboys. It was before the Cowboys won their first one.
1: Yes, I I, I am aware. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking that the Jets won a Super Bowl prior to the Cowboys winning their winning one as well. And that was that took place in Foxborough.
0: It was a great game. <laughs> Can we talk about
1: Le'Veon Bell landing spots that you get out the waivers, please?
0: Yeah. So, well, there might be an opening in Denver.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I wouldn't think that would be a landing spot. Of course, the uh, breaking news coming out this morning was uh, Melvin Gordon was arrested on a DUI. So that's a bad look. Yeah, that's a very bad look. Um, Then we also have a couple other landing spots that I heard. That I've heard so far. And from what I've been told, there are two teams that have kicked the tires on Le'Veon Bell already. And remember, he has he has to clear waivers. He has to do all of that first. He he will clear waivers. So that's that's not no one's gonna claim Le'Veon Bell and claim that contract. Because remember, if you claim Le'Veon Bell off of waivers, you assume the rest of that contract. So nobody's going to do that. Right. It's almost like you trade for him. Exactly. But nobody is going to pick up Le'Veon Bell off of waivers. Nobody. The two teams that I've heard that are interested in potentially bringing on Le'Veon Bell are the Chicago Bears, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, Which makes a boatload of sense. It does. And the New England Patriots. Uh, Oh. Oh, I would... I would be visibly sick. Is anybody surprised? No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Bill Belichick would sign Le'Veon Bell to a one-year, $1 million deal, and he would have Cam Newton and Le'Veon Bell on one-year deals as the, basically the point guards of his offense. Tell me, tell me, are you surprised? No, I'm not. See, I'm just so curious. For for one thing, why does the league allow the Patriots just consistently do this? I don't know. Nobody is surprised. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell could sign with the Patriots tomorrow, and nobody would be shocked. Well,
0: it's the the same with the Patriots. It's what they do. It's the same thing with Antonio Brown. Yes. And yes. James Harrison. Yes. This is what the Patriots do. there's like, oh, there's this player on the free agent market. They're playing actual – they're playing Madden. You're playing Madden. You're like, oh, wow, what's Antoine Winfield doing here on the free agent market?
1: He's still a 90. Pick him up. Yeah. I'm shocked they even, they even signed Earl Thomas. Yeah. But they'll – if they, they bring in Le'Veon Bell in a one-year $1 million deal, I would not be surprised to see Le'Veon Bell be a top 10 back the rest of the year. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, you know he's going to a coaching staff that actually knows how to fucking use him. <laughs> Adam, you see, you seem visibly frustrated by this. Would you like to communicate your thoughts? No. <laughs> okay, back to you, Jib. I want to,
0: <laughs> I want to internalize this and have it show up in my fifties and sixties as, as uh, as agita, because <laughs> that is what that's what being a Jets fan is all about. Oh, it's in God. the code. It's in the, it's in the 10 commandments of being a Jets fan. It's like, you have to, you have to internalize
1: all of your stress. Your blood pressure needs to be over 150 at all times. Mm-hmm. If it is not, you are not a true jet fan. That's correct. <laughs> um, One more thing before I move on to, uh, to waivers. Uh, if you do have Le'Veon Bell, I would hold on to him.
0: Well, this is the same thing with Leonard Fournette.
1: Yes, it's it's the same thing. Hold on to Le'Veon Bell because he will have a market and I would expect something to move pretty quickly in regards to Le'Veon Bell as soon as he clears waivers. I would I would expect something to move pretty quick.
0: You know what'd be funny? Imagine if he goes to like Detroit or something.
1: <laughs> that would be a nightmare.
0: That would be that would be very funny. That would be a fucking nightmare. Honestly, it's funny. You know, if the Giants didn't sign Devontae Freeman, I would have been. The Giants would have been a good landing spot for him.
1: Sure, yeah. But uh, I think I think another spot that makes sense too. Before we move on to the uh, the waivers, Miami. Well, Levy Bell wants to win. First of all, I don't know. Like he wants to. Hey, you never know. Miami could push for a playoff spot.
0: You know, on that subject, it's funny. I think even though with how bad the Jets are, I still think there's like a 50% chance that we beat Miami
1: next week. It's a divisional game. Nothing nothing shocks me.
0: Just going by
1: the usual, what happens with these games. I know a lot of people that uh, are in survivor pools, a lot of people might be going and flocking to Miami to take them. Um, Please do not take the Miami Dolphins because – the two rules of survivor pools, number one, you always take home teams. Miami checks the box. Number two, do not take teams in divisional matchups. They're always bad news. Look at the Raiders and the Chiefs last week. Perfect example. You're right. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
0: There have been times where both the Jets and the Dolphins have been absolutely god-awful. And the team that has been absolutely god awful has beaten the other team.
1: Well, it is Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game.
0: He's already had like three of them. This is and it's third a Mi-
1: it's a Miami Dolphins against Adam Gaze revenge game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the last time the Jets beat the Dolphins, I think was the last time. No. Well, the last time Jets beat the Dolphins, it was like they beat them on field goals. But it was a. Uh, Two years ago, in 2017, when everyone thought the Jets were gonna were gonna go winless in Week Three, we almost shut out the Dolphins 20 to, and it was 20 to seven. Was this with Todd Balls' as head coach? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. This was 2017. This is the tanking year. We had Josh McCown as quarterback. Oh, we just gotten right destroyed by. Oh fuck! Who do we play in Week One? The Bills. We lost to the Bills in Week One. And then we got murdered by the Raiders. And then. In our home opener against the Dolphins, we almost shut them out.
1: That's right. That is fucking right. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, Coach. That and then Woody Johnson looked over to the other sideline and said, "You know what? I want to hire that guy as my as my head coach in when he gets fired in in a year and a half."
1: Ain't that some shit?
0: And, well, this was also the Miami Dolphins with Jay Cutler at quarterback.
1: You mean the world's greatest human being, Jay Cutler?
0: Mm-hmm. Smoking Jay.
1: Smoking Jay Cutty. What a great man. i
0: surprised the Jets haven't brought in Jay Cutler yet to uh, start for.
1: They should. I would actually root for the Jets. Because anyway. Jay Cutler being successful is a win for all of us
0: yeah yeah so let's move on to the waivers shall we sure <laughs> um yeah if that well if there's anything that has taught us anything about what happened with Levian bell and also with melvin gordon is that handcuffs are important yes you know you should never understate your handcuffs and we'll get in and just you know if you have philip Lindsay now That's good. You should have had Philip Lindsay. If you had Melvin Gordon, you should have had Philip Lindsay anyway, because that is a, almost like a 50, 50 committee. And um, so you should be happy that you have the, uh, the backup. And then for Le'Veon Bell, now that he's gone, it's going to be Frank Gore and LaMichael P. Ryan for the New York Jets. So waivers, actually, before we go into waivers, let's talk about the games.
1: Oh God! We didn't talk about
0: the games Hopefully because forget. the games are the games are important. Uh, week five, so we'll start with the Monday night game. The Monday night game was phenomenal. I was really, it was really, I, you know, at halftime I was like, oh God, this game's gonna be terrible. But then, then and only then, in the in the th- in the fourth quarter, I was like, wow, this actually is turned into something. This is great. This is really great. Uh, yeah, the Saints beat the Chargers thirty to twenty-seven in overtime. Chargers had a like a twenty to 20 to three lead at one point, and could have won the game. Yeah. Oh, Michael Badgley. Yeah, just just not great. Missed an extra point. Missed a potential game winning game uh, winning field goal at the end of regulation. So, yeah, not ideal.
1: No, no, not at all.
0: But I'll tell you what was ideal. Justin Herbert had a great performance against the Saints.
1: Yeah, and we'll be talking about him in this episode for sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you know that Drew Brees is undefeated against the Chargers? Yep. Since he left?
1: Yep, 4, four and now. Up. Yep. And it could be Drew Brees' last Monday Night Football game. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. Oh, I do. I'm done.
0: Well, it's probably his last game. Is, it's his last game against the Chargers.
1: Yes, unless they meet in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would be something. What that would be probably of, the worst Super
0: Bowl of all time. The Chargers, who are one and four right now, would make it to the Super Bowl against the currently three and two New Orleans Saints.
1: My statement stands. That would be the worst Super Bowl of all time. I never want to see Drew Brees in primetime ever again. Just shove him in one o'clock slots, please.
0: Um, and then for the Chargers, um, you know, with Austin Eckler out, it was very much an even split between jo- uh, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly.
1: I could tell you, he looked better.
0: Why don't you, Justin Jackson? We got the, he got more carries and he got more targets as well.
1: Justin Jackson looked way better than Josh Kelly did.
0: You're right. I'll tell you, who also really looked good, Mike Williams. Yeah, when Keenan Allen went out with back spasms, it was the it was the Mike Williams show.
1: Yes, it was, and boy did he deliver! Boy did he deliver! He looked good. He looked really good.
0: And uh, so the Chargers are moving into are going into a bye week, and so are the Saints.
1: You managed to talk about every Charger except. The no, Hall I was, of Fame tight end.
0: I was going. I was getting into it. I'm just saying the Chargers are going to a bye week. It's good that they're going. That Keenan Allen's going to get some time to recover. That
1: Hunter was a Henry hell. Was, that was a hell of a segue. Getting into Hunter Henry.
0: But Hunter Henry is all also had a really good game. Caught a touchdown.
1: The world's I, greatest tight end, Adam.
0: I didn't listen. I didn't say that. You're you're twisting my words. I just said he was. No, he no, was no, no, no. You t- said
1: future Hall of Fame tight end. I apologize. potential
0: Hall of Famer. Yes,
1: future Hall of Famer. Potential future hall of fame got
0: it future got it
1: no it's future 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 got it
0: anyway hunter henry had a really future good game. <laughs> <laughs> listen i didn't even say anything that time
1: future hall of famer hey i i don't object i don't object hunter henry's a great guy he's a friend of the podcast he is. He absolutely is. Friend of the podcast, Hunter Henry.
0: But, uh, yeah, so Hunter Henry had a great game, um, catching that touchdown. I mean, I guess, I mean, the touchdown kind of, like, really kind of saved his day, because if he didn't catch the touchdown, 4 catches catch-ups 23 yards is not ideal for a tight end. But... Uh, he scored, that's what matters. Yes. And then, so basically, uh, Ke- Keenan Allen, with Keenan Allen out, I mean... It's as we expected. It's the Mike Williams show. It's Mike Williams all day, all day, every day.
1: Yeah, but he's not really worth adding for, for this week, given that again, they are on a buy, but yeah,
0: no, well, we'll, well, we'll talk yeah. about it. I mean, well, also it's worth noting you know, what he now in status is going to be in two weeks.
1: I would assume he'll have a week to rest up, I, I I'm assuming he'll be fine. Yeah.
0: And then for the saints, you know i like i said i was doing this game for work and i so i did listen to and get how it's for and get like stuff for all the post game and drew Brees like basically everybody every single player and sean payton on the saints was just like we have to start quicker and obviously that's that's very true because the saints should not have been in the hole that they were in and drew Brees said that almost verbatim he's like we shouldn't have had to mount this comeback to win this game no Because the saints looked
1: like dog shit. Their defense looks, looks bad
0: in the first half. They looked like dog shit.
1: Their defense looks absolutely terrible. And that's a problem. Especially if the saints are looking to really challenge to potentially be a, uh, a super bowl team. Um, That's a really, really big problem. And Michael Thomas will be back in two weeks. So that should help this offense a little bit. Um, but again, what Michael Thomas did, it, that's, that's, an, that's an act that destroys locker rooms. Yeah. And with the way that um, Malcolm Jenkins has talked about him, with all the reports that have come out that basically said he got into it with Sean Payton, like that's bad. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that. Well, if there's any
0: coach that I trust
1: to get this locker room together, it's Sean Payton. I agree. To a point. Because I think that there are certain things that players can do which completely rip a locker room apart. And the only way that you repair a locker room in that scenario is by getting rid of the cancer. And in this instance, Michael Thomas seems to be the cancer. So what do you do? Oh, God. Well, you're just putting the...
0: Put two and two I, together, it's like you're yeah, you, I mean do you think the same are gonna cut Michael Thomas?
1: No, I don't think they're gonna cut him, but he's got that he's got that fancy new contract extension. So he's basically locked in there unless they decide to go ahead and either cut him or trade him. Now, with that contract, I don't know what a trade would look like, to be completely honest. But I'm assuming that if deandre hopkins wasn't sold for a first round pick then michael thomas could definitely get one yeah so if you trade michael thomas to anybody and you get a first round pick in return i think you do it because because i I may sound naive or gullible for saying this but i think it's very easy to replace a receiver in this league
0: well, look at how think, well Emmanuel Sanders did
1: in right, this game. Right. We've seen this before. We've seen receivers step up when other top receivers are out and turn into stars themselves. Look at Alan Lazard. Look at what he what he did without Devontae Adams. Look at Emmanuel Sanders, what he did on Monday Night Football. He had 12 receptions. I believe that's the most receptions out of any Monday night football game ever. If I I may be I may be wrong on that, but I believe I saw that graphic that Emmanuel Sanders set the record for most receptions on Monday football with twelve.
0: I mean, it that's
1: that's amazing. Yeah, if that if that stat is correct, that's that's amazing. Um But
0: yeah. It the other thing that's crazy about this is that I'm surprised that the only the, the two Saints that got rushing touchdowns were the two quarterbacks.
1: Thank God for it.
0: Taysom Hill and Drew Brees both had rushing touchdowns. Taysom Hill ran a really good, was it like an end around. I yeah. was only listening to the, yeah, I was only listening to the radio call. But um, yeah, it, so it was like an end around for a touchdown. And then Drew Brees had the QB sneak to tie up the game. And um, yeah, and then Jared Cook also had like a solid outing. You know, one catch. Long. No, he had two catches. Oh, he did catch another one? Yeah. He had a long, long, incredible touchdown. It's another one. Kevin Harlan. Love him.
1: And it's Jared Cockle the back of the end zone. Touchdown, New Orleans. Touchdown. He Your Kevin got, Harlan is much better
0: than mine. He just caught a 41-yard touchdown. Your Kevin Harlan is very good. It's, high, it's higher pitched than he normally is because
1: his voice is a lot deeper. But... But still, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. I don't give you credit for much. That was <laughs> no, exceptional. <laughs> well, Mercury i pre- must be in retrograde. I'm I appreciate it. You. I appreciate it. See, what, look at what Mercury does to me. Makes me a nicer person. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mercury. I hate you. Oh.
0: Don't just take it. You just brought it back. <laughs> Uh, so you know that if the saints cut michael thomas you know exactly where he's going new england of course yes of course so let's not do that let's not let's not encourage anybody to to do anything like that
1: i mean, before we move on to the bills titans i'm not saying that they should i'm not saying that they will I'm just I'm just playing into it and saying that we've seen crazier things happen before.
0: Yeah. All right. So Bills Titans. This game. Oh boy.
1: What the hell happened?
0: I hope you didn't own you didn't start any Bills running backs. Yeah. I mean Zach Moss is out of this game, but uh TJ Yeldon, Devin Singletary didn't couldn't really do anything. Because really, this is this is a game script sort of deal where Josh Allen threw the ball 41 times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, threw the ball 41 times. Uh, it didn't look as sharp. I felt like the offense really missed a beat without John Brown there. Um, then again, uh, the Bills defense did not look good without Tredavious White. That did not help either. And the Titans just they looked rested. They looked ready to go. And I, I give them credit because they've they've been the talking point of the NFL for the last week and a half, two weeks. And they could have come out in this game, laid an egg, and I don't think anybody would have been surprised. But they it's came true. out, Mike Vrabel had those guys ready to play. I I, I, I applaud them. I really do. They looked fantastic.
0: Well, they had it. I mean, this is one of those things where they just had a game plan and they were going for it. I mean, yes. Derek Henry had nineteen carries, two touchdowns. Uh, AJ Brown caught a touchdown. I think Johnny it was his Smith first, two. Yeah. I think AJ Brown caught his first it was his first touchdown of the season. It was his first touchdown of the year, yeah. Yeah, because he hadn't played since week one. Yeah, he the, yeah. he looked good. He looked really good. You know what's crazy? AJ Brown has not played a football game on a Sunday so far this season.
1: Well, you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, he, he he looked good. He looked yeah. good, A.J. Brown. I think that he's a guy now that you you cannot keep out of your lineups. It's true. I mean, it's really true. He, he looked really
0: good he had, as the leader of this Tennessee offense. And, I mean, you hope that Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys don't stay on the reserve list for long.
1: Corey Davis is going to come back off that COVID list and he's going to resume his place as being the number one receiver in this offense. Just wait. But uh yeah, I I still think that it's gonna be
0: a like a one A, one B situation with Corey Davis and AJ Brown. And at this point, AJ Brown's gotta be the one A. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. Okay. So let's talk about waivers. Surely. Fun stuff. So this is a pretty interesting week. Uh, This is, you know, this is where the weeks for waivers start to really matter because there are more teams on by this week than the uh, than just the Packers and the Lions that were on by last week. So we have uh, was it the Saints, the Raiders and the Chargers and one other team
1: that are on by? Yeah, they're on by. Uh, It is the Seahawks. Saints. That's it. Yeah, the Chargers and the Raiders.
0: There you go. So, people are going to be looking for fill-ins for you know Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uh, Josh Jacobs, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett,
1: Emmanuel Sanders, slash Michael Thomas. And I tell you too, Adam, this is this is a it's a big week, but I think it depends on what your waivers are looking like. Because That's in true. shallower leagues you have some big time pieces, but in deeper leagues, I think you have some big time pieces too. It just depends on who's there. So the the conditions of your waiver wire really depend on what kind of weakness is.
0: Well, depending on not only your league but also your like, yeah, just who is on the waivers. You might be spending a fair amount of fab. Yeah, especially for a player like who I assume is probably one of your top waiver ads, although it would be antithetical to everything you stand for. It's uh, Andy Dalton. Who? Yeah. Who? He went to TCU.
1: Never heard of him. Red
0: hair. Threw a great pass to Michael Gallup to set up the game winning drive, game winning field goal for the Dallas Cowboys. Don't recall. Anyway, he's a good ad though. Going up against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday.
1: Sure. Whatever you say. Okay. Would you like oh. my top would you like my top three quarterback? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, so just a a friendly reminder that we are going under the 50% threshold. So um, all guys that are owned in 50% or more leagues uh do not qualify for this discussion. So guys such as Matthew Stafford going up against Jacksonville, who's a good start this week. He does not qualified owned in sixty-eight percent of leagues. Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff, yeah, against San Francisco, he does not qualify owned in fifty-seven point three percent of leagues. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater going up against Chicago at home, he does not qualify owned in fifty-three point nine percent of leagues. So, if I had to go and give my top three ads for the week. It, it's an interesting week. I think for uh, four quarterbacks, it's really just a matter of, you know, what direction do you want to go? Are you looking for someone that can give you just a stream for one week? Or are you looking for a guy that can go and replace Dak? You know, if you have Dak and you don't have a backup plan, you know, what could you be looking for on waivers to go ahead and replace Dak and still give you the, some sort of production that Dak gave you. And for me, I would say, as much as it pains me to say it, um, actually, no, I'm not. Go- I'm not going there because I would say, I would call myself a fraud if I did go and say that. That that man that you were talking about before would be a good ad. He's a terrible ad. Don't add him. Um, my number three ad for the week is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that he as long as he's the starter there i think he's going to produce numbers for you going up against the new york jets um that should be a very easy 20 points for for ryan fitzpatrick especially at home so um i think he's a pretty good ad there uh number two i'm going for ryan Tannehill against the houston Texans. i think this is a guy that can be uh, a starter for you for the rest of the season especially if you just lost dak and if you're looking for a guy that will give you a very solid floor week to week, I think that's Ryan Fitz, uh, Ryan Tannehill, excuse me, uh, Ryan Tannehill will give you that very solid floor week to week. And I would say probably he'll get you 15 to 20 points, but I don't really see him being a guy that'll get you, you know, 30, 35 points potentially like Dak did. So really yeah. it's just managing your expectations there. I think and, games
0: like he had against Buffalo were probably an outlier.
1: He's usually throwing for like maybe two or th- like two correct. touchdowns, correct? A game, not like three, correct. And then the number one ad I understand is on a buy, but I think he really is worth adding, and that is Justin Herbert. I think if you have a spot where you can go ahead and you can add Justin Herbert, do it. Hold him for a week, beat the waiver wire next week because it gets pretty nice for Justin Herbert after the bye at home versus Jacksonville at Denver at home versus Las Vegas at Miami. And then at home to the jets before he has to go to Buffalo host new England in Los Angeles. But then his playoff schedule is just delicious. Oh, wow. At home versus Atlanta. Yeah. At Las Vegas and then at home versus Denver that is absolutely lovely so go and add justin herbert if you can That it, yeah no
0: you're right though you're absolutely right just hope that, you don't play week 17 championships because he's going to kansas city for that well even that one could even that one is all right yeah yeah i mean if kansas city's defense is the way it was against the raiders and Maybe that is a pretty good yeah, even pretty that, good matchup. Even
1: that one is not, is not bad.
0: Um do you mm, do you trust Daniel Jones going up against Washington?
1: Uh no. Okay. No. Nope. No thank you. And then I I will give you another one. I'll give, I'll give you my fourth one on here. Sure. What is your fourth one? And I hate it with every fiber of my being, but don't say it's Andy Dalton. No. No, this man is not on prime time. He is at home. It is Mister Kirk Cousins going up against Atlanta.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's not a bad one. It's not a no. Bad it's one. not I a like bad it, one. I like the other three a lot more, but uh, Kirk Cousins is not is not a terrible one. Any like speculative ads like for
0: backups that might be uh, coming in? Jalen Hurts, for example, Alex Smith.
1: That's funny. In deeper leagues, maybe if Drew Locke is available, can add him. Drew
0: Drew Locke is actually available in like 94% of leagues.
1: Yeah, I I understand why. And I I still continue to be on the the Baker Mayfield train as well. Um, I think that he's basically been a 14-point guy every single week. And I know the matchup for him this week is not great at Pittsburgh. But then you look at his uh, next couple of weeks at Cincinnati – then at home versus Las Vegas, then has a bye, then goes to Houston. And then if he can get by week 14 at home versus Baltimore, he's got week 15 giants, week 16 jets. Yeah. so He could be a guy if if you're planning on a deep playoff run, maybe if you have a bye in the first round of playoffs, you're looking for a guy that could be a really nice playoff stream. Baker Mayfield could be that because we've seen him light it up in, uh, in really good matchups.
0: Well, I think Baker Mayfield's worth it for today, like this week, especially if you have like a free IR spot in your league because if he if he for some reason doesn't play on Sunday because of the rib issue, then you can leave him then you can leave him on your either on your bench or in or in the IR.
1: Uh I've been told that Baker Mayfield's pretty confident that he's going to play Sunday.
0: Well, that's yes. That I saw that too. So, yeah. All right, so moving on to running backs. This is another one. I mean, you have Josh Jacobs on by. You have Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, all on by. Alvin Kamara on by. um, Carlos Hyde. And uh, Chris Carson also on by. So this is a big week for uh, running backs on waivers.
1: Yes, it is. Um, I'm going to break the rule here. And I'm going to say that if Alexander Madison is on your waiver wire some way, somehow, you should be paying at least 50% of your budget to get him.
0: Well, I would be shocked if he, if he was because...
1: Yeah, none of the leagues that, I, that I'm in, he's on waiver wire.
0: This is one of those things where the Dalvin Cook owner had to have drafted him
1: or at uh, least picked yeah. him up at some point. hmm Yeah, and if, if, that, if the Dalvin Cook owner did not... Um, that is a major, major, major problem. Yeah, uh, Alexander Madison, even though he is owned in 51% of leagues, I'm going to put him as my, my number one ad for running backs this week. Uh, number two for me, I'm still going with Dearness Johnson. Um, I believe that he really did get a nice run, especially late in the game last week against Indianapolis. I think he, he will see more of a role. Uh, going forward especially as long as Nick Chubb is out so Giannis Johnson I'm going as my number two and the number number three I'm actually gonna go and go out of your playbook here Adam I'm gonna go and say Lamichael Michael P. Ryan well you know I agree
0: with you wholeheartedly because Michael P. Ryan you you're on Jets Twi- if you're on Jets Twitter which I don't think you are but if you are You'll I very that.
1: rarely go into the deep dark places of Twitter. Very rarely, fair, unless I'm in a mood. But for the past couple of weeks,
0: it's like you see a lot of either you know beat writers or just fans saying we should get the Jets should give LeMichael P Ryan a shot at running back because Frank Gore is not the future. Frank Gore is probably retiring after this year, or playing five more years. You never know, but. I don't think he's it's going to be with the Jets, regardless. So LeMichael Piron's the future, the running back of the future, as far as
1: right now. So it's a it's worthwhile. Yeah, I would say he's more of a, he's definitely more of a speculative ad for now. But um, I I mean if I'm looking at someone like Justin Jackson, if he's available on your waiver wire, Justin Jackson obviously is a much better ad but he is owned in 51% of leagues. So he does not meet the threshold. I guess if Alexander Madison does, then Justin Jackson does too. So then, yeah, I would put Justin Jackson ahead of, um, of the P Ryan. And I would put him ahead of Dearness Johnson too, if he's there. Um, but yeah, I really like LaMichael P Ryan as, as just a very curious ad and as someone that can pan out because let's face it, the jets are not going anywhere. They should be playing their kids and, for as much as Frank Gore is a great veteran, he's someone that uh, clearly is universally respected by pretty much everybody. Um, he cannot be the guy going forward for the New York Jets. They have to give the kids an opportunity to play, to show what they have. And Michael Pirine is one of those kids that should get the opportunity now that Le'Veon Bell is no longer with the Jets. Yep. You're you're definitely right. Uh, do you like Jamal Williams? Going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No. No, not really. Okay. If he's available on your waiver wire and you own Aaron Jones, you should be picking him up, though. All right. I don't know how he would still be on your waiver wire if you own Aaron Jones, but, yeah, he he needs to be owned if you have Aaron Jones, for sure. Yep.
0: All righty. I'm not really confident in lo- I mean, I'm not
1: as confident in Lamichael Pirine this season, but maybe in the Dynasty League. Also, again, no, again, he's he's just a very speculative ad as someone that can potentially get some time. Because Adam Gaze made the executive decision to remain the play caller of the New York Jets because clearly something Oh, working. goody.
0: Because clearly he's a G, he's a brilliant offensive mind who know who clearly who is he's a football professional <laughs> who, who knows how to use running backs. <laughs> Dying a fire. <laughs> Jesus So you want to move on to receivers Or do you have anything else you want to talk about
1: Yeah, this is a big receiver week Big, 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 big receiver week I wonder who your number one ad is Gee, I have no idea
0: on uh his initial
1: CC Yes It is in fact Chase Claypool He needs to be added And you know, it really depends On what your wide receiver situation looks like I think I would probably Be spending around 20% Fab, I would definitely be spending, if I'm third on the waiver order, I think that would be enough to get him. Um, I would not be prioritizing him over Alexander Madison if he's available. I think it depends on what your running backs versus your receivers look like. I think if Justin Jackson's available and you have a big need at running back, then you need to be prioritizing Justin Jackson. But if you need receivers, then you need to be prioritizing Chase Claypool. So, yeah, he, he definitely is number one ad for receivers this week. My number two ad, it's an interesting one, but it's Travis Fulgham. He's had two touchdowns the last two weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles need somebody to throw the ball to. They have a tough matchup this week against Baltimore, so I don't know if he's a add-and-start kind of guy, but he definitely is someone you can have a nice – uh you can add and then have a look and see you know what he's doing i don't think it'll cost you much on waivers at all uh, was, maybe it, maybe yeah. 5% should should do it
0: it was interesting who's also on the waivers He's been getting an increased amount of looks in Kansas City especially if Sammy Watkins misses a fair amount of time which it looks like he will is Miko Hardman
1: uh, nah i'm not, I, I but i i've never been a Miko Hardman guy so okay I can understand people that, you know, that believe in me, Cole Hardman, that want to go ahead and invest in him. But for me, he's nothing more than an exploratory ad. Yep. My number three waiver pickup of the week. And it would be Mike Williams, but he's on a buy. So uh, I know I said with Justin Herbert, if you can add him and hold on to him, uh, do it. I don't I don't think it's the same for Mike Williams just because there are other receivers you can go and pick up. Uh, that can do the job, if not more. For me, the number three waiver out of the week is Tim Patrick. And he's he's the number two receiver now for Denver. Uh, Drew Locke coming back into the fold. They're going to New, to New England, and they are playing the Patriots. This should be a game where Denver is throwing the ball and throwing the ball a ton. And Tim Patrick could be in for a a pretty nice day. So I'm surprised he's I only am, owned in
0: 27% of leagues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty widely available. So um I think that he, he could be a guy that is pretty uh useful for uh for fantasy going forward. All right. Yeah, so
0: that's kinda really it. I mean also uh M V S. Is he sure. worthy ad? Yeah, he's yeah. O- owned in
1: thirty one point five percent of leagues. Yeah. Against uh against Tampa when mm-hmm. uh Devontae Adams is expected to be back and he may see a lot more uh, one-on-one coverages. Absolutely, yeah, good call. All right, so tight ends. It's another
0: one It's pretty fun. I wonder who your top ad's gonna be for this one.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty clouded uh, tight end market for this week. That wasn't even uh, a sarcastic question. I'm really wondering <laughs> who, yeah, is, no, who it's it, gonna it's, be. It's a, it's a little nuts this week. Um, I would say my number one ad is Gerald Everett. My number two ad is Irv Smith, the tight end from Minnesota. And then number three would be Drew Sample, the tight end from Cincinnati.
0: Okay. But cool. it's
1: it's not a great tight end market this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't really have any other – I don't really have any other like super
1: suggestions here. Um, I mean, the other the other two that I have in mind – that you could go and pick up Trey Burton could mm-hmm. be another one, and Cameron Braid as well.
0: I was thinking Cameron Braid also, but it, I guess it looks like Gronk is the number one. I mean, Gronk's the number one tight end. In it's Tampa tricky. Bay.
1: It's really tricky. I don't know if I would want to go and pick up Cameron Braid myself. I think it's only like a really, really deep league uh, sort of pickup in leagues that are tight end premium. Then yeah, maybe, was, maybe yeah. I would go and pick up Cameron Braid.
0: You know, it's interesting. Mike Kosicki is available in our league.
1: Mike Kosicki
0: is available in our league on waivers. Yeah. Mike Kosicki. Well, if Mike Kosicki is available then yeah, go pick him up. <laughs> I, well, he, he doesn't qualify. I'm just saying it's an interesting thing because he's owned in 70, it's like almost 75% of leagues. So it's just, I'm just like, wow, that's fascinating. I wonder why he's on the, he's on waivers. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the defenses. I mean, Listen, if Joe Flacco starts again, go with the teams playing the New York teams. That's that's yeah, Dolphins and Washington.
1: I don't know. I think this is a really tough week to stream defenses, honestly. I think this is a really, really, really tough week. I mean, I,
0: I can't really think of anything there aren't any good matchups,
1: really. The Patriots one I like against Denver. I think I think that's that's okay. Well, not ones that qualify anyway. Well, yeah, but the Patriots after a bye, they could they could have been dropped. So um that's one I think that does qualify. If the Patriots were dropped in your league, then yeah, you should be going and try and pick up picking up the Patriots again. Um I would say the Colts against the Bengals is another good stream if they're available. The Ravens against the Eagles. Well, they're not available. I highly doubt it. If they are, then absolutely, yeah. Um, If you're in the
0: 0.7% of leagues that the Ravens are available, then go for it.
1: Yeah. I would Um, say the Cardinals. Also. The the Cardinals against Dallas could be an interesting one. Just because you could see a turnover or two from Andy Dalton. I know I said his name.
0: No, not even that. No, it's not. I think for Dallas, it's going to be an Ezekiel Elliott kind of game. Where this could, they're going to keep running the ball? It's possible. Yeah, it's very possible. The Cardinals are probably are have a good chance of being in the negatives once uh, Monday night is over next Monday.
1: Yeah, and, and the Dolphins too. I think is a um, is a good ish stream. But again, this is it's a tough, tough, tough week for uh, for streamers. Like can, I can pull up my um, my week six rankings for defenses if you want me to. So my top five defenses of the week, I have them right here. I have the Steelers at number five, the Rams at number four, the Patriots at number three, Colts at number two, and the Ravens number one. As far as the streaming defenses go, I have... Right at six, I have the Washington football team. Seven, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. And eight, I have the Miami Dolphins.
0: Do you like the Panthers going
1: up against the Bears? The Panthers I have as a low-end stream. Okay. Just be just because the, the, the Panthers defense is just terrible. It's, it's really true. bad. Well, they were able to keep uh, Matt Ryan in check last week. Yeah, I think Al Robinson though has a huge day against Carolina. I really do. Yeah, no. I'm not. I mean,
0: like you said, it's not a great week. Alan for defenses. Robinson. All right. Thankfully, we don't have a Thursday night game to preview. So Thank can- God. So, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now Amazon, of course. And you can find the Fantasy Show as well as the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast and the Quizvitational. What's going on with the Quizvitational, bird? I haven't uh, heard anything about that. They're just working just- on it. All right, cool. I know it's it's hard to get get together because all the schedules and all that.
1: Yes, it's kind But of- we will. We are planning on having a new show debuting soon.
0: Unenviable task of organizing four people on a Zoom call to record a podcast.
1: Yes, but there will be a whole new uh, program on the Basement Talk podcast family of podcasts that will be that will be coming soon. All right, we are uh, we're working on putting that one together. So um, it's uh, it's definitely it's a project that I've wanted to do for a while. Just because I think it's a um, it's a really fun opportunity to get people on and and uh, have different voices talking about all sorts of different things. So um, yeah, you'll be hearing more about that uh, soon.
0: Well, that's very promising because you said the exact same
1: thing about the quizvitational. So I'm excited. Well, the, well, the quiz the quizvitational. Uh, there's one there's one more episode that we need to do, and then uh, then we move on to Pastures and New.
0: No, no, I mean like you said that you were looking forward to doing the quisitation for a really long time, so I'm really excited about the direction that, that this is going. Oh, true. Thank you. So, uh, for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor and we will talk to you on Friday on the next episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show.
1: Enjoy Mercury being in retrograde. Bye-bye.